Welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Today, we are going to be talking about mindset and attitude. And with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello. So uh, this was one that I was kind of pushing for a little bit, I think. Um, Positive attitude and positive mindset and uh, staying focused on your goals. These are all things that I think are extremely important. Um, So I I think maybe I have a little bit more to talk about here than you do, actually. (laughs) Oh, I'll get my word in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think um, as a general topic, there, there are certain attitudes that are helpful as an artist and there are some that are pretty bad, pretty destructive, and they stand in your way. And, um, you know, Ross just talked about negative self-talk. That's huge. I think I'd like to start with just a couple of other ones, and then we'll work our way into that. Okay. And one of them is um, a lot of people don't have, (laughs) I don't want to put it in a negative sense, people often need more patience with themselves and their work and expecting things to happen quickly when in fact they take a lot of practice and time and in the big picture that might be expecting your career to be ready to take off before it really is before you've put in the hours and the time and the practice and the learning in the smaller everyday picture it might be not having the patience to pursue the thing you're working on until it's reached its highest level and so I think patience is, is a huge, wonderful attitude to cultivate and, and very challenging for people. Um, there are things to do with one's ego, I suppose, that are are really helpful to keep in mind. And these would include things like being able to listen to other people when they have something to say about your work yeah and that's super hard is is you know people Mm -hmm. giving you advice on Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing and you know i i see it all the time you know and it's very hard for me to take advice from people (laughs) right and some advice truly is a little off the mark and you have to be able to identify what's right for you um i I think the big thing with with advice is uh to not react to it immediately you Mm -hmm. know uh thank the person, treat them as if you're taking their advice seriously, even if you're tempted to dismiss it and just kind of put it aside for a minute and try to look at it a little bit more objectively later. Cause oftentimes it's like, you know, you, you're, you're kind of your negative self-talk kicks in and you immediately shoot down their advice. You right. know, you have some reason why that isn't applicable to your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the truth is, uh, there may be, even if it's not directly, relatable to what you're dealing with there may be a nugget in there to draw out and and right. something that you really do need to be told yeah and i i think oftentimes artists when they're when they're learning things get a lot of advice and it can be contradictory advice i mean you could you could be taking a, a college course and have two different instructors telling you two different things and and so as you say take it in sit on it for a little bit see what see what fits see what you think hmm okay maybe there's a point there maybe the other stuff not so true because many people give advice out of their own egos you know out of yeah. their own perspective on things and so you have to kind of separate that out um i think so so being able to be humble enough to to take it in when you when it is right for you being humble enough to 
accept um, the fact that other people have something to teach you, that you yeah. have a lot to learn. And, and um, you know, you need to treat those people right. You know, yeah. when they're offering you advice, because you got to realize that even if it sounds critical, most most people are giving you advice um, out of out of a uh, a sense of love and affection mm-hmm. for you. And you want them to continue to, to offer advice to you. Right. Um, you know, even if the advice that they're giving in a given circumstance is not really very helpful to you, uh, you want to be able to uh, count on that person in the future to tell you if there's something that they're seeing that, that you're doing incorrectly. Yeah. I think the kind of well-meaning advice that artists often run into has to do with, um, well, why aren't you, why is your work so dark and depressing? Why don't you paint something with bright colors, you know, and this kind of thing? And, um, you know, it, it. I think there's a skill in, yeah, just kind of smiling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank you. But Well, and, and you know what? Sometimes that well-meaning advice is uh, extremely destructive and you need to be able to identify that too. Right. right. Because people will tell you, you know, why, why don't you get a real job? You know, <laughs> something like that. And that just contributes to like a, a negative mindset, negative self-talk, which we, we will get to later in the episode. We will get episode. to it. Yeah. But these are all things that can, that can contribute to that. And you need to yeah. be able, be able to identify what is mm-hmm. positive that can be drawn out of a statement that somebody makes like that. Mm-hmm. And what is, and what is negative? So, so kind of a, an attitude when people come at you with stuff of just kind of being a blank sl- slate, let them say what they have to say and then have the patience or the um, poise to just let it wash over you, at least for now, and think about it. Um, try not to react defensively because maybe something good will come. Yeah. And, and I mean, almost always when you imp- uh, react impulsively and from a place of emotion, uh, the result is not going to be good. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to kind of set your emotions aside for a second mm-hmm. and try to evaluate things. And I think I think all this is particularly challenging if it comes from somebody you care about. You know, oh, absolutely. Somebody in your family or a friend. And it, it almost always is. You know, it, like people are always giving us advice from a place of love, whether it's good advice or bad advice. <laughs> right. And the ones you're closest to are the ones that feel freest and letting you know what they think. So True. <laughs> so, um yeah, so this kind of pose and poise and equanimity is uh, is important and and cult- something to cultivate. And um, another place where ego can enter in is if you're doing any sort of collaboration with someone. And it's this very interesting topic. I think one we'll explore in depth later on. But when you think about how often you collaborate with people, even if it's not a big project, but you're just trying to work something out with someone. And trying to listen, truly listen to the other person and realize in your own mind they have something to say and it may be important. So I think a generosity of spirit is is a good attitude. Just I want to help you and I'm I'm going to support you to another artist is is excellent. Well, and um you know there Another thing that everyone's going to face from time to time is is rejection or people just showing indifference to your work. Not that's right. kind of the opposite of like the kind of you know wanting to give advice, you know, right, or right, wanting yeah. to help in some way. Or people who are just just shrug off, you know, what you're what you're trying to do with your life. Yeah, indifference is huge, and 
again, it's hardest when it comes from your friends and family. Um, rejection is hard. No matter how far along your career is, you get a rejection of some type. And you, you always have to kind of know that that can happen, even if you're a, a very, you know, professional person with lots of success. Well, you have to know that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, it's never going to stop. You know, there are right. always going to be, no no matter how successful you get, there's going to be people who are, who reject you or are indifferent to you. Right. And, and I think that's a very difficult one. And when we get into the part about uh, self-talk and whatnot, you have to you have to have a grounding somehow in knowing that all things will pass and that you know there's lots of clichés around this you know another door is going to open etc none of those really make it easy in the moment but knowing that it is a moment i think is most helpful for me also i like to play worst case scenario in my own <laughs> brain like okay um so I was really hoping I was going to get this exhibit or whatever, get into this gallery. You know, I've had gallery rejections myself most recently and really hoping I was going to get in there. Okay, um, what's the worst case scenario that I didn't get into this gallery? Um, I didn't get in. I didn't get that opportunity, but I'll try again. And it's just, you know, when you really look at it and say, what, put some perspective on this, you yeah. know, <laughs> and it, and trying not to take it personally, because especially with galleries, it's a business and they're making their decisions purely on whether they can sell your work and they know their clientele. So, and, and you, I mean, I think that the, 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 the positive attitude to have about that kind of thing is that your work is limited. You know, you don't have a lot of it to go around and you want to make sure that your work is at places where they're actually going to sell it. Right. You know, you don't want to have your work sitting somewhere for two years and not moving. And if a gallery doesn't think that they can sell your work, they probably are not going to sell your work and you don't want to waste your time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You don't want to waste your time begging and hoping that they'll change their mind because yeah. they're probably never going to be all that excited about it. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, I guess the one other thing I would want to mention as a very helpful attitude for any artist, and it goes along with being humble and open, is is wanting to learn and and being open to learning and not not uh, rejecting things out of hand because you think oh that doesn't apply to me or I'm not interested. At least give it a little chance because it's really surprising sometimes what what you do learn and. Like sometimes, you know, you might go to an exhibit of, of paintings and think, uh, I don't really like this artist. I don't know why I'm going. You know, I, I saw that I could see from the street it doesn't look that great, you know, and your friend wants to go in. So you go in and you find yourself noticing some detail or some technique. Hmm, that's kind of interesting. And I like the way these colors go together or something. And you take that little bit away. And, you know, I... I I speak from somebody who's quite critical, quite critical of art that I want to look at. And so I'm, I'm, I limit myself and I realize this and it, it has happened to me where I didn't think I wanted to look at something and I ended up being very interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you got to kind of like, you don't, you, you want to see the value in every situation, yeah. you know, there, there's always something to be gained. Um, there's always, uh, you know, something to be drawn out of a situation that you can use. Yeah. And and lots of 
lots of opportunities for under, deepening your understanding. And wh- especially when you're starting out, wow, you really, you really need to learn. You need to learn basic concepts. You need to learn art language. You need to learn a bit about art history. If you skip those steps, your work is it's not going to be as deep or as interesting. Well, and you need to learn how to interact with people in that environment. You mm-hmm. know, a big part of the kind of opening experience, you know, going to an art opening is that social interaction, you know. And even if you're not really into the art or into the artist, um, you know, going and uh, uh, interacting with people there, um, observing the artist and how they behave in that environment, speaking with them and seeing gauging their kind of reactions to the environment uh there's you can you can kind of notice the positive things you can you can kind of say well here's some some ways that i i could do this better maybe if it was if it was me um but you know you got to put yourself out there and you gotta (laughs) gotta talk with people and i think i think often when we look at a situation where we could be learning something we think overall it doesn't interest me or something but I, i had a friend once say to me um if I got one good idea out of reading a book, it was worth it. Sure. I thought that was interesting because I'd probably put that book aside before too long, but, <laughs> you know, if I wasn't getting much out of it. But it's those little nuggets and they could add up. So anyway, um, I, I guess uh, we do need to talk about the, I guess it's become a bit of an elephant in the room, but the, the, the self-talk. The negative self-talk, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I kind of already did one, you know, yeah, when you, you were did. talking about being rejected by a gallery and I said, well, maybe you view it as the, you know, you're not being rejected, but you're avoiding a situation where your where your art is going to sit on a shelf and not True sell. Enough. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I often, when I teach workshops, I often encounter people who, who will uh, say that they have an, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of negative stuff going around in their head that holds them back. And, on some level, this is this is challenging for me because at this point in my life, I am not experiencing that to any degree, any great degree. Sometimes it pops up when I when I'm nervous about something, but most of the time, when I'm in the studio, it's not a, a factor. But when I I look back and I say, okay, it wasn't always that way. There was certainly a time when. I doubted myself and I doubted my work and I didn't know where it was going. And so I try to put myself back there and remember that's terrifying. Really. It is, it is a very hard thing to go through. And so, so we are going to talk about it. And I think, I think Ross, you, your basic approach is to try to replace a negative thought with a positive one as soon as it pops up it's like yeah. it's like playing whack-a-mole or something exactly <laughs> yeah it, it needs it, eventually you can train your brain to do this as a reflex mm-hmm. and that needs because right you know most people um develop a bad habit where they reflexively uh produce negative emotions or negative thoughts mm-hmm. and uh, you can you can retrain your brain to do the exact opposite and it takes dedication yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, having a positive mental attitude, um, being uh, able to talk to people in a social setting. These are things that did not come naturally to me. Right. Th- these are things that took a lot of work and um, are but but are extremely important. Right. And I think here we're talking about 
people who are really feeling held back by this and they want to make a change. It's not a gradual process, I guess, as this was my experience with just you know, gradually these things fall away. So that's, that is one way to do it. If you, if you persist with your work and you have success, they will fall away. But most of the time, it's a, it's a, it's a hurdle. It's a, you're stuck. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I, I think thought, that the, the, the kind of the base starting point for all of this though, is establishing self-worth. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that is the most important thing, um, is to, to, uh, have a, a sense of self-worth that that all of the rest of the kind of the positive self-talk can be drawn from. Right. And you were saying that, that uh, and I, I thought that was a good thought, that where do you start? If you really, at least let's just say as an artist, you feel you have no worth. I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not a psychologist and I don't want to get into if you really, really have no self-worth as a person. But but frequently people are, are are successful and happy in their lives. But when it comes to art, they feel it's worthless. They feel they can't do it. And so, and you were saying, well, you start with something that you can feel proud about. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, um, so if you're an artist, have you ever produced a piece of art that you were proud of? Mm-hmm. And I think every artist has, right? You know, even if they didn't feel like they got the the accolades for that particular piece that they, but they were, it was something that they worked hard on and that they were happy with the result, right? right. And and sometimes um, it might be something that you did, like I mean, an activity. I I sometimes say when an artist comes to a workshop, who this is that it's the first time they've done this, right? They have wanted to learn more, but they're really, really reaching out here and they're going to show up at a workshop. And I know people arrive frightened sometimes and they'll tell me this is so nervous or whatever. And, and I just say, Hey, you're here. Like that's huge. You took a big step. Yeah. And so whether you produce anything in this workshop that you're happy with, that's really not the point, but you came here and you showed up and you're putting yourself out there. And so that right there is something you can be proud of. And, you know, I just basically want people to relax a little bit and say, uh, take the pressure off, which is another aspect of this. We put an awful lot of pressure on ourselves to to move quickly, to to learn quickly. And it goes back to what I was saying about patience. You know, you can you can really beat yourself up for not progressing fast enough, but things take time. They take practice and experience. And so that sort of impatience with yourself is kind of a trap yeah but if you have that one experience or piece of work or whatever it is then you can draw from it and you can say no i did this right you know and i am i am worth it i deserve success i deserve better than what i have Mm -hmm. you know i deserve to to be in a gallery you know i deserve uh, to sell my work to people who will love it and enjoy it for but years. But at the same time, recognizing that it might take some time to get there. Well, yeah. I mean, you, but, but you, you have to start, I mean, you have to have reasonable expectations, but you have to start from a place of self-worth and you have to have those positive uh, reinforcing thoughts uh, and, and emotions. more or less. Yeah. So, so we thought maybe we'd play, uh, do a little role playing here and, and I would, because, um, I, I hear things that people say to me that that bother them, right, in their in their work. So I'm going to throw a few out at Ross here, and he's going to suggest a counteractive thought. Okay, 
Are you ready? Uh, yeah. My, <laughs> my brain is well trained. Here All we go. Right. <laughs> so um, I really, I'm really discouraged by this painting because I think it looks so much like somebody else's work. It's not, I don't seem to have an original thought in my brain. So this is one where I think there may be actually some some positive self-critique happening. And I think that uh, if uh, if you feel like your work is not distinguishing itself enough from other people's, um, you know, maybe that is something that you need to work on, but it's not something that should be discouraging to you. Um, I think uh, I think maybe the place to start with is to say, um, you know, my if my work is comparable to somebody who is successful, then my work is is um, then it has my work has uh, value. You know, if I'm if, so if I'm doing work that's just as good as somebody who's successful, then like my work is is just as good. Maybe I need to distinguish it more. Maybe I need to make it more me. I need to bring there's my a, my personal voice out more. Right. There's a technical level that you've but achieved. If yeah. if you're comparing your work to people who are successful, then you should then that should be something that you're proud of. That you're like, hey, my work is at that level. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I need to push myself a little bit more to to you know make it distinct. But that you know the 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 fact that you're comparing yourself to to people who are doing well that should be a, a positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a way to take a thought that's you know might that might seem negative and draw you know kind of you separate it out. You you say hey what's what's uh yeah a value here you know so there, because there may be some some valuable critique something I need to push myself on. But what's positive about what I'm seeing in my work that that is is similar to somebody who's successful right so let's kind of take a related one um i'm working really hard on this painting but i look over i'm in a workshop i look over and i see somebody else and what they're doing and i think oh man i i'm just like i'm in kindergarten here they're doing so much better than i am so i um i i think that maybe this is one where like having patience with yourself like you were talking about is important um, I think that, uh, you know, when you compare yourself to other people, there's a temptation to, to be hard on yourself for sure. Um, and, uh, you just have to say, Hey, you know, um, I, I've only been doing this for so long, you know, I, I need to, to have patience with myself. Um, I, I guess what I would do is look at the progress that I've made in the, the time frame where I've been working at this. Mm -hmm. You know, because chances are if somebody is way ahead of you, they've been doing it longer or they have previous experiences that they're drawing from that are related. I mean, you don't know what was going on in this person's life, even if they like in, in the context of a workshop, you know, the, even even if both of you have never touched cold wax medium before this workshop, you know, you don't know what experiences that other person is drawing from up mm -hmm. to that point. Yeah. You know, they they probably have something that is giving them a little bit of an advantage. And you just need to kind of realize that you're working with the tools you have, you know, and you're working with the experiences and, and right. the, uh, the breadth of knowledge that you have. Mm. Yeah. Comparing yourself to other people is pretty much of a downer most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling down about your work and you can always look around and go, oh, so-and-so is so much better. And But look at what you've achieved in the mm -hmm. time frame when you've been working at it. Right. You know, and if you feel like, hey, I need to you know, improve more then you know, get specific, say, you know, well, my work doesn't have enough detail. 
that's something that you can change. That's right. something that you can can work on. Right. You know, try to try not to universalize the general feeling of I'm no good compared to this other person. But um, what specifically could I improve right now that would help? You know? Yeah. OK, here's another one. OK. Um, so I'm in my studio and I say uh, there's this there's this voice in my head. I I know it's from uh, an art instructor long ago in college saying, I don't know if you're cut out for an art career. I, I just don't really see it in you. Yeah, and that's that's one where uh, you just got to go straight to the inverse, and you got to draw from from your your base of self worth and the things that you've actually achieved that you're proud of, and you have to think back at the things that that you've done with your life that are positive, you know, and say I am worth it. I do deserve this. I'm just as good, I, if not better, you know, than the other people that I'm comparing myself to. You know, and I'm totally capable of this, mm -hmm. you know, and you just got to smack that that straight down, you know, because that's that's a voice from a negative person in your past who, you know, spent what a couple hours a week with you. They don't <laughs> right. know you. They and saw they saw like a very small segment of your work and they judged you based on it. You know, like those kind of people aren't even worth your time. So. Yeah. And that was, you know, um, it could be something happened very early on. And I. I mean, I think people remember things from their childhood like that. Oh, absolutely. They're just bad, you know. Yeah, I've had art instructors say things like that to me. But mm -hmm. you know what? They're they're judging me based on my choices. They judged me when I was 19 years old. I don't have time for them, right. you know. Yeah. So. Well, that it, it's a fairly um emotional angry response is there any <laughs> <laughs> well and I, I and i should be clear i don't want to put down people who are teachers you know who are listening to this podcast i'm sure most of you Thank are you. very positive with your students and when you give critique it's it's yeah. you know from a place of love and respect right um but so basically those if you can identify those truly toxic voices that have no base in you today or what you're doing but they do persist in odd ways um and maybe just say to yourself that's a toxic voice i don't want to listen to it and yeah and and this is the importance too of surrounding yourself with with positive people you mm -hmm. know uh i see a lot of people who um they're they're negative and you know it's just kind of their personality they've never really focused on improving their mindset and the people who they surround themselves with are people who kind of perpetuate this mm -hmm. and feed into it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you got to surround yourself with positive people, people who are, um, you know, pushing themselves and pushing you. Or, and, uh, you know, I, I think that that's some the other thing that people do is they surround themselves with like, yes, men, you know, people yeah, who, right. <laughs> who just agree with everything they say. Or, or love all those Facebook likes so much that yeah, they're exactly. sure they're fabulous already. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, and, and so the people that you surround yourself with, you gotta be, you gotta be picky. You know, you, you who are you gonna spend time with? You know, you gotta spend time with people who are focused and positive, and who who give loving and direct advice that that you can take seriously, even when it hurts. You know, and and I will I will add to that that if there are negative people in your life, and many of us have them, we're not really ready to let them go. No, a lot of them are family or exactly. friends that you've had for years. Then it's kind of like um, getting back to that grounding feeling, you know, that uh, you have to have a screen, I uh, have to have a filter somehow with, with your work. And um, you can, you can be cautious about what you say about your work or what you allow them to see, um, how much you reveal yourself to them. Because you, you can put up your guard and you have to if it's somebody that 
you know, you're, you're sort of involved with in some way that you, you can't really change it. But to protect yourself, you can, mm-hmm. you can feel okay about protecting yourself. Okay, here's another one. So I'm in my studio and I'm looking around and I say, oh, I have been painting and painting and painting. And this painting right in front of me, I have put 50 layers on it and it is still not resolving itself. And I don't really see that much in the studio that is resolved. And I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm just, maybe I'm just not meant for this. Maybe I just give it up. Um, I, I think what I would say is uh, you've put a whole lot of work into the stuff you're working with. It's not worth, you, you, like, you can't give up now. Um, if you fe- feel like you need something fresh, then, uh, you know, maybe try bringing uh, a new technique or a new, uh, a new medium into your studio. Um, you know, go out and have some new experiences, um, and look for something fresh that you can bring back in. If you feel like your work is getting kind of stale, you know, that to me, that's like, it's an opportunity to look for something new and fresh. Um, yeah. And and I would add something to that too. And that in my experience, oftentimes there's something incubating in your brain. And these are times in my own work when I get frustrated because, there's something starting to hatch and there's some idea beginning to, to, to grow. I don't really know what it is. So you're just kind of like, like you feel like you might be actually close to a breakthrough moment in that situation. You could be, but it doesn't feel like it at all because you're not necessarily aware that something is cooking under the surface. And so often when I look back, I see some period of discouragement or particularly like one painting and I'll just, I'll be obsessed with this one painting forever and I just keep working on it and it's going nowhere. And then, and then it starts to resolve and it's a new thing. It's a new idea. And, and I realized this was just a difficult birth. <laughs> this was a long labor <laughs> and, and it is, it can be the moment when something happens and you just don't know it so i think a positive thing in that situation is to say wait and see wait and see as well as what i mean i think also just getting some new input is good too but but sometimes incubation can be a very hard part of the creative process well i i think to kind of like uh wrap everything up um you know, I, I think it's I think this is a very important topic and I think it, it goes well beyond the art world. It does. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of negative negativity out there and it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is to me, you got to establish some kind of grounding, uh, a belief in your own self-worth. Um, and it starts with your relationship with yourself and improving your own self-image doing something that you're proud of that you can hold up and say, you know what, whatever anybody else says to me, this is something that I'm proud of that matters to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody needs to be told, you know, so, Hey, if you want to like take this little bit out and put it on loop in your studio or something, (laughs) like I'm, I'm just here to tell you, you are worth it. And what you're, you're producing matters and, and you deserve more than what you have. Well said, Ross. All right. That about wraps it up. That that about wraps up this episode <laughs> of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com. 
and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Thank you.